Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Well, Pastor has been in a series uh, for the past few weeks on prayer, on teach me how to pray. And so we're going to stay in that vein today. But uh, before we get there, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, if you know me at all, there's three things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, (laughs) just in regular conversation all the time. I'm going to talk about my wife. I'm going to talk about our dogs because we are dog people. We love our dogs. And I was going to bring them up here today to go with the story I'm going to tell in a minute, but they wouldn't let me. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I thought they'd be cool. I mean, I don't know if they would sit. They may be distracting, but, but they're, they're amazing. And uh, yesterday, or a couple days ago, I was at Home Depot. How many guys, how many Home Depot fans? Any Home Depot fans? A couple. Oh, what about Lowe's? Oh, I'm sorry. We'll pray for y'all. I'm just kidding. I'm a, I'm a Home Depot guy. <laughs> I don't know why. It just works better for me. But I was in Home Depot, and I had a, a breaker or a, um, one of those GFI outlets, you know, with the button on it. It just clicked, and it never worked again. I plugged my toaster in, and it just stopped working. And so I had to go get another one. And I'm in the store, and I've got the old one in my hand, and I'm standing up there. And there's like a 1,000 different plugs, you know, and I'm not an electrician. And I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like, man, is this the right one? They, don't, they look kind of the same. And I'm asking all these questions. I'm like, it looks the same, but what about this? And out of nowhere... This guy walks up, big tall guy, and he said, hey, my name's Red. Do you need help? I'm an electrician. And I was like, are you real? <laughs> like, like, for real? Like, you don't want anything from me? You know, so, so skeptical, right? We, we live in a world where we've become so skeptical to even, like, when people ask you to give you help, you know, you're kind of leery a little bit. And he said, yeah, no. He said, uh, what, what, when was your house built? And I said, 1939. And he's like, yeah, this plug. And he starts going over all these things and what I needed. And he showed me exactly what I needed. And he's like, hey, it was nice to meet you. Again, my name's Red. If you need anything electrical, let me know. I'm on Google. And he walked off. <laughs> I'm just standing there like, did this really just happen? Like, how nice and how kind, right? And I was like, still skeptical a little bit. I've got the plug in my hand and, and the Holy Spirit reminded me on the way out of the store. He said, did you know I'm always with you? I'm always there. No matter what, no matter what you feel, no matter how confused you get, no matter what your circumstances look like, I am always with you. And I thought, man, that's comforting. Isn't it funny? His name is the comforter, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but the worst thing to me, when you're in a, in a pickle, when you're in trouble and you're in a mess, is to feel like you're alone. And I'm going to share this. I didn't know if I was going to share it in this service or the next. But I just feel like today, specifically, there's some people here and you're, you're kind of in a mess. And you've been struggling with specific issues. And it's like a bunch of them that have piled up. None of them are big. But it's a bunch of little ones, and it's just like, I see it like a stack of cards. There's like 20 of them stacked up. And you're struggling with every one of them in your own strength, completely, because they're not big. It's like a little switch. I didn't ask the Holy Spirit what to do, but he was there. Did you know the Holy Spirit is, is not intimidated by your big problems, but he loves it when you bring your little ones to him as well? And so I just sense today that some of you sitting in your seat are going to get set free from those little bitty problems. 
And the Holy Spirit's going to start showing you what to do. He's going to start dropping ideas in your heart as you're sitting there, I'm telling you. And you're going to not just know what to do in those situations, but you're going to come to a revelation, just a knowing that the Holy Spirit is always with you and ready to help you around every single corner. And I sense that a lot of you in here today are going to start leaning on him like you've never leaned on him before. I'm telling you, I sense it big. We were praying for you guys this morning at 630 in here. We started praying in here early and just praying for you. And that's what the Lord brought, brought up to my heart. He was like, no, people are going to get revelation of how to really lean into the Holy Spirit and how, how to lean in and use him for what he's there for. Amen? Amen. Well, let's look at Matthew real quick. If you brought your Bibles with you, let's look at Matthew chapter 6. We'll stay in the rhythm that pastor's been in and, uh, and kind of read over this passage. And then I'll, I'll share a story and teach off of that. And then uh, we're going to take communion at the end of service today all together. We're going to worship a little bit and then we'll let you go. Um, so in Matthew chapter 6, it says, uh, verse 6, But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition, repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Doesn't take much. <laughs> it says, so, so don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Pray then this way. Our father, who is in heaven... Hallowed be be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive you for your transgressions. As I was studying uh, for this series and you know, just listening to Pastor, we go back to verse 10 and it says, it says Lord, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Three weeks ago, he taught on that. And I mean, I'm sitting here. And I'm getting revelation on a verse and a scripture and a phrase that I have said my entire life. I grew up playing football, and I can remember right before the games, you know, it's like, all right, everybody take a knee right before you go out to play. And everybody said the Lord's Prayer. I had no idea what that meant. I knew it was powerful, and I knew you better say it if you don't want to get hurt on the field. That's all I knew, you know. And, but I didn't know Jesus back then, but I'm like, we better say this prayer. It's all of the Jesus I had. Thank God I had some. But in, in praying this, I just got revelation about his will being done. Pastor said this at Fondren the other night. He said, if you get this, it'll change and like radically change your prayer life. And I am living proof. You know, you got to always be learning. You've got to always be open to learn more and be, have revelation come in and God teach you more all the time. I don't care how long you've been in church. I've been on staff at this church for almost 13 years. And I'm like, Lord, more. If there's anything I don't know, please teach me. Right? We need this. And not just for us, but for everybody in our lives. Like we're called to more than just us. Right? You're called to somebody. You're called to your family. You're called to your friends. You're called to your coworkers. You're called to the world. But you need to know how to pray. 
And I thought, Lord, is it just this simple, really? And he said, yeah. And so I'm sitting down here three weeks ago, and I start writing out a list of things I'm dealing with. I had that stack of cards as well. That's 20 little things that I've been trying to figure out in my own strength. And the Lord, he said, just ask me what my will is for those things. I was like, okay. And I said, Lord, what's your will for that? And he showed me what it would be like if that situation was in heaven. Because it says on, on earth as it is in heaven. And I thought, can it be that simple, Lord? And he said, oh, yeah, it's that simple. So I started just praying exactly what he showed me for that situation on everything. I have seen in three weeks more fruit from my prayers. No kidding. I am not exaggerating here. I'm just blown away. And so now I'm like, I'm excited not just to pray, but to pray and be like, Lord, what's your will for that? If I see something that doesn't line up with what I think is in heaven and what the word tells me is in heaven, I'm like, Lord, no. Like pastor said, that's a prayer point now. Now I can go and be like, that is not your will. So I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to accept that. And I know that that his will as far as like concerning healing and big things, right? But even the small things in our life, why why do we settle for less than heaven, right? Why do we settle for less than his will, even for the small things? And so the other day, uh, I got up, I usually get up at four. I go to bed at like 8.30 or 9 o'clock most of the time. And it's still light outside, which bothers me. You know, I feel, I don't know, I feel like there's something wrong with that. But, but I'm sleepy. And when you get up at four, you got to go to bed at like nine, you know, to get some sleep. And so I go to bed and I woke up a little before my alarm, like 3.45. And I grabbed my phone and to, to turn my alarm off before it went off. And I noticed I had a text from myself. You ever get a text? You ever get a text from yourself? You ever like text yourself as a reminder, right? I know some of us do. And I'm like, I didn't text myself last night. And then I realized it was a long text and it was from my wife, Kelly. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And I'm like, why didn't she wake me up if it was this important, you know? And so I looked and I'm like, why did she text me and from me? Like she texts me from my phone. Does that make sense? And I'm like, well, she has a phone. (laughs) So I thought, (laughs) So I'm reading through the text and she's like, babe, I'm so embarrassed. You're never going to believe this. I know it's going to sound crazy, but she said, I don't know where my phone is and it's lost. And so she began to to tell me this story of what happened to her phone around midnight that night. So we have this like this wedding cake looking staircase in front of our our house with bricks. Right. And so she was sitting out there, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock playing with a dog and and she lost an earring somehow or another. And so she realized that later in the night and went back out to look for the earring and she's using her phone as a flashlight like we all do. She's looking around and, and there's, this, there's this like stray dog that's been in our neighborhood for a while and, and she saw him coming and he's not like vicious or aggressive or anything like that, but he plays rough and he'll jump up on you. And so she immediately, she just kind of sat her phone down and went up on the porch to get away from him for just a second while he was coming. So she's on the porch watching this dog and he's like nosing around the steps, kind of where she was, and, and he's nosing around her phone at this point. He picks up the phone in his mouth, of course, because he doesn't have thumbs. And, and he picks it up in his mouth, and he takes off running. <laughs> I'm reading this in a text at 345 in the morning, and I'm like, what in the world? Are you kidding me? My flesh is starting to rise up a little bit. Now I realize why she didn't wake me up. (laughs) And so I'm I'm standing there or sitting, laying in the bed, reading this, trying to figure out what to do. Now, mind you, this dog does not have a home. 
He's stray. Like, I'm like, I can't just go to the house where he lives. <laughs> and so I start like kind of panicky because I'm like, you know, nowadays phones cost as much as my first used car that I bought. And so, you know, I'm like, this is not good. So I pull up, my first instinct is find my phone, right? It's not on. Mine's on, but hers is not. And I'm like, how are we going to find this phone? I mean, I'm like panicky now. Plus, I have to go to the gym, and I'm like mad and frustrated because I'm like, now I need to go to the gym, but I am not missing the gym. I'm not going to let this steal my joy. I'm like determined in this moment. I'm like, Lord, I need help. But I'm frustrated, and I'm not listening, and, and my flesh is screaming louder than the Holy Spirit will. He won't scream at you, but he'll talk to you. So I get in the truck and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride. I'm, I'm gonna leave early and you know take some time and I'm gonna figure this out. I'm going to find this phone. I'm gonna figure this out. But do you know the Holy Spirit stopped me and He's like, Why don't you just go to the gym and relax? It's not far from the house. I didn't want to hear all that. I need to fix it now, Lord. I want it done now. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to fix it now. So I get in the truck and I'm driving and I get halfway down the street. <laughs> And I thought I saw a light in the front yard, about three or four houses down. So I threw it in the park. It's four in the morning, middle of the street. Nobody's coming. So I just left the door open. And and I took off running up this driveway of this house that I don't even know who lives there. And what I didn't see, because it's pitch black dark, was this, this difference in the concrete in the driveway. It was this big ledge. You ever trip so hard you see your life flash before your eyes? I know you've been there. It was that moment. I tripped and hit my left big toe, and I broke my toe. Turned purple the next day. It's not good. I hit it, but when I, when I tripped, it was everything in my power to not, like, face plant. And when I did it, I also pulled a muscle in my neck that for three or four days, I couldn't even look up. Get up to the yard, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this better be the phone. You know what I mean? At this point. I get up there, and I go over to the light, and the closer I get, I realize it's not a phone, but it's an old solar light that's been broken. You know what I mean? One of those little sticks. And I I wanted to throw that thing, but it's not my yard, you know? And so I'm just like, forget it. Get back in the truck. I'm going to the gym, frustrated, still irritated. Holy Spirit still reminding me, will you just relax? I got you. Lord, I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that right now. I'm frustrated. I just want to find this phone, and I don't want to miss the gym. Me, 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 me. Get back in the truck, go to the gym, and I thought, wonder if, wonder if there's a way to track a phone just through a number or something. So I get to the gym a little bit early, and I'm, like, scrolling, looking for this thing, and I find this app where you can actually put a number in, and it supposedly will track the phone just by the number but it costs. Sucker. Man, I was like. (laughs) So I pulled up the app, downloaded it, put her number in there. It's like spinning, 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 looking for your phone. We found your phone. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm looking and it says, oh, here's a map. You click on the map. It pulled up. It says it's in Morton, Mississippi. Morton. That's a long ways away. I'm like, it hadn't even had time to get there. Like how? Like this doesn't make any sense. And so I started thinking, how am I going to get to Morton? Like, where is Morton? I didn't even know where it was. How far is it? And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because it looked like it was in a house. 
And I'm like, Lord, wait a minute. This is the, okay, my mind is running at this point. But I still got to go to the gym, you know? I got to go in there and focus now. Nobody likes to go to the gym when you got all this stuff on your mind, you know? So I go in there, go to the gym. I'm just like frustrated and like trying to focus on the workout. Had a good workout, thank God. Get out and I get back to my truck. Now, what I want to do is break this down for you and show you what's going on in the spirit. Because all of that's natural, right? So I want you to turn to John real quick with me. I love how John breaks this down. And then we're going to go to Galatians and look at a couple spots where Paul breaks this down. In John 3 and 6, it says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. (laughs) Did you know the flesh, you can put that other screen up there, the flesh is your will. The spirit is his will. His will be done. Your flesh is your will. It's what you want to be done. It's your will be done. His spirit is his will be done. So much better, right? Let's look in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Verse 7. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. You can't get away from this. This, is, this applies to everybody, whether you believe it or not. You reap what you sow. For the one who sows to his own flesh, which is your will, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit, which is his will, will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Now let's look at Galatians 5. We'll back up a chapter. It says, For you were called to freedom. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, take care (laughs) that you are not consumed by one another. But I say... Walk. That word walk means to follow or live by the spirit. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. Check that out. The flesh and the spirit. It says, for the flesh sets itself a desire. Sorry, flesh sets itself and its desire against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. Like the flesh and the spirit are always against each other. Your flesh is always going to try to rise up and and get it done quick, an instant. Because that's just kind of the world we live in, right? But what I want you to know today, like the spirit, when you sow to the spirit, if you'll take a minute and say, okay, Lord, I don't want to do any of this right now, but what do you want me to do? Like I want to do what you want to do, but my flesh wants to do a thousand other things. But if you'll take the time to just stop, like if I'd have taken the time to stop instead of getting out of the truck, breaking my toe and pulling a muscle in my neck to find a solar light in the yard. It's like if I'd have just said, no, I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. He told me to relax, go to the gym, enjoy your workout. You'll find it when the sun comes up. It's dark. Let's use a little common sense. (laughs) But I didn't want to. I'm so into the flesh. And guess what? It produced more flesh. I'm driving down the road. Oh, I bet I could find it in my own strength. The Lord told me I'll find it later and not to worry about it, but I'm going to go find it now. 
sowing to the flesh. I get out, I trip, more flesh. I hurt my neck, more flesh. You see how it just, it just, it's like a domino effect. But had I said, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I'm not getting out of this truck. I'm not going to enjoy my, my, my workout. And even if the phone isn't there, you shut your mouth, devil. I have to tell him that sometimes. It's like, even if the phone's not there, we'll get another phone. It's just a phone. It's not the end of the world. But man, the devil wants to take these little bitty things, make you try to figure them out. And when you can't, he'll just beat you over the head until you're not good enough. Work harder. Try harder. <laughs> oh, man. I love how Paul talks all through the New Testament uh, and most of his teachings about the flesh versus the spirit. And for homework, we're not going to go to these for sake of time, but if you guys want to look these up, when you get out of here, you can look up Romans 8 and Philippians chapter 3 and read through both of those chapters. And I mean, they are just riddled with the dangers of putting the flesh over the spirit. And if you do choose the flesh, it will only produce more flesh. And that's my whole point is that the flesh will only produce more flesh, but the spirit will only produce more spirit every single time. But both of them are a choice. A lot of the times we don't think they're a choice. A lot of the times we think we just kind of wait on it to happen and we think we're controlled by our flesh. and We don't have a choice in the matter. No, you have a choice. You have a will, right? But you have to take authority over that. You can choose to be like, no, Lord, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but your will. So we're going to pick back up in the story. You thought I wasn't going to come back to it. But I get back in the truck after the gym, and I thought, you know what? I'm still thinking about Morton and, like, how I'm going to go find this phone. <laughs> Because I thought maybe somebody found it and stole it and took off, you know. So I thought, you know what? I wonder if I track my phone. I wonder how accurate this tracker is. So I get in there and I put my number in this thing. Paid a dollar or whatever it was to do it. And you know where it said my phone was? In Morton. (laughs) I wanted to throw my phone at that point. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I've wasted money on this stupid app that doesn't even work. I'm such a fool. (laughs) I'm not a fool, but I felt like one in that moment. As I'm driving home, the Holy Spirit started to remind me of of Philippians. The Holy Spirit started to take me uh, on this journey of a scripture and a verse that he had been teaching me with for about two weeks at that time. And on the way home, he, he reminded me and showed me of some things that I needed to adjust in my heart and in my head. And so let's look at Philippians chapter four. Now you gotta understand in Philippians chapter three, we're not gonna read that, but Paul began to, uh, he was teaching on like the dangers of putting your confidence in your flesh. I mean, if you look at it, that's, that's the world we live in, right? If you can't do it in your own strength and you just don't need to do it or you need to work harder. It's like putting confidence in flesh. And we're talking to over almost 2,000 years ago, and nothing's really changed. The flesh is still the flesh. It still operates exactly the same. But the Holy Spirit is still the Holy Spirit. And he still operates exactly the same in power and truth. So he took me to chapter 4, verse 4. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Now, we can stop right there and just teach on joy. And the power of rejoicing and choosing to be in joy. But there's so much more here. I want to keep going. In verse 5, it says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. 
Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. I'm going to let that one sink in. Right? Be anxious for nothing. Now, I have read that verse at times and been like, Lord, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. I trust you and I believe this is your word, but I am so filled with anxiety right now. I don't know how to do this. Well, he doesn't just say, be anxious for nothing. Good luck. (laughs) He keeps going. (laughs) He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That word supplication, it just means to spend time with the Lord. It means to sit and sup with him. Listen for him. Doesn't mean just to talk to him. It means to listen as well. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that's a huge part of it too. The enemy wants to steal your gratitude. He can steal your gratitude, he'll get your grace, right? Be thankful, even if it's through gritted teeth together. <laughs> but with, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the key. This is where he took me immediately. Verse 8. You can go to verse 8. We'll look at the screen. Finally, brethren. Now, this is, this is it. It's like Paul's like, okay, guys. I know I told you all this, but let me show you how to do it. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good report. That's report. That's what that means, too. If there is anything excellence, excellence, and if anything worthy of praise... Dwell on these things. They may not seem like a lot, but this word dwell just simply means think, meditate. What are you thinking on? What are you meditating on when everything's falling apart? Usually what's falling apart? But the Lord's like, don't look at what's falling apart. That's not true. It's not pure. It's not lovely. It's not of a good report, right? It may be real and happening in front of you, but that's not God's will for your life. And he's like, why are you so focused on not my will? When you know my will, can you go back to verse 7? When you know my will is whatever is true. This is his will, right? It's his will for your life. And these are the things that are his will for your situation. You can go back to verse, yeah, that's it. <laughs> nope, sorry, verse 8. Yep, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure. Is his will true? Yes. Is it honorable? Yes. Is it right? Always. Is it pure? Absolutely. Is it lovely? It cannot be anything else because he is love. Whatever is of a good report. Is he good? Every single day. Every time. Without question, God is good. Is there anything excellent? He is excellence. He is his excellency. Right? He's the king of kings. Is there anything worthy of praise? Yeah, I think he's worthy of praise. These are God's will for our life. So while I'm riding down the road, he's reteaching me all this that I've been being taught for three weeks now on this verse. But he's using it in like, like life application right now. <laughs> Mind you, I still hadn't found the phone yet. He's trying to calm me down so I can hear his voice. Because when you're not focused on his will, it's hard to hear his voice. <laughs> so I'm riding down the road. The Holy Spirit starts teaching me on these things. And he said, you need to think of a good report in this situation. What would be a good report? And I immediately, I feel like he gave me this, but I think, you know, we work together. We co-labor. He does a lot more than I do, but we work together. 
And I had this vision of me finding the phone, unharmed, completely good. It's time to go. It's time, sorry. (laughs) Unharmed, completely good, nothing wrong. And I had this vision of me coming in the bedroom and shaking Kelly and waking her up and showing her her phone and her just crying to be relieved, right? And completely made okay, fixing the situation. So I get back home, park the truck, and it's daylight now, so I, can, I had a little advantage. <laughs> so I'm walking. I'm like, Lord, I, where do I start? It's like a needle in a haystack, man. I don't, I don't even see the dog, let alone the phone that he took off with. He doesn't have a home. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start walking. I don't know. I'm going to be led. So I cross the street. I'm walking in the front yards of all the houses because I'm like, if it's in the street, I could have seen it, but maybe it's in the grass. And so I'm walking and looking. And I'm calm, honestly, because I'm like, Lord, you told me this phone was not far from the house. And you told me to think of a good report. And then that good report is, is including me finding this phone. <laughs> I'm so grateful for God in the little things. <laughs> so I, I walk and about eight houses down, I'm on the right. And the Lord's like, you should cross the street. You're too far. I told you it wasn't far from the house. So I cross the street, go to that set of front yards and walk down the front yards. And sure enough, in the third yard from my house, three houses down, really two, I look, there's a black phone laying face up, picked it up, not a scratch. And I was just, whoo, I was so grateful. I put it in my pocket. (laughs) You know, I was grateful that I had to pay the money to go get another one but I was more grateful that I'd heard from God and that he still was with me, right? Even in all that ignorance and all that complaining, right? It's like he had his arm around me saying, come on, I'll show you where it's at. Just relax, calm down. I'll heal your toe and your neck. (laughs) Which he did, but it took a few days. I walked back to the house, put my phone in in my pocket, And I'm just processing all this. And I literally walked into the bedroom exactly how I saw it. Exactly how I saw this good report go. I shake Kelly. She don't like to be woken up like I don't. And I just kind of held it there. She kind of did this. And and immediately just, whoo, started to cry. (laughs) I started to cry. I'm like, Lord, it's just a phone. (laughs) You know. But he's like, no, it's much more than a phone. I'm teaching you how to hear my voice and trust me in the small things. I hesitated to share this story at all because I thought, it's so, so silly. But I think it's where we all live. I think it's where we all are. We all deal with small things, big things. But I think a lot of times it's just smaller things that stack up on us that we forget to lean into the Holy Spirit for and with. I want to leave you with this. Uh, we continue in verse 9 in Philippians. I love what Paul says here. He's already told us to dwell on these things. But then he goes to verse 9 and says, The things you have learned and received and heard and seen. The things that you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me. Practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. That word practice actually means to, be, to perform repeatedly and habitually. Let it be a habit. Like, but you got to do it a lot for it to become a habit, right? 
So when things come up big or small, it's like, no, wait, 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 wait. I know what to do. Is it a good report? Then that's what I'm going to think on. Like, if, if I'm going to find a good report and think about this. I heard one guy say this the other day. He said, man, when somebody comes at me sideways, he's like, I know these verses. I know what I'm supposed to do. But sometimes it's just hard to remember that in that moment. And he's like, Lord, I can't think of anything of a good report of this situation right now. And he said, well, find something else in your life that is true and lovely and pure. And he's like, well, I could think about my wife. She's all of those things. And the Lord said, then do that. Because you're thinking on something that's true and lovely and pure and not the situation. I'm like, that's so simple, right? So I started doing that too. (laughs) I'll take all the help I can get. I'm not above learning and growing. But he said, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. The word learned, we can go to that next screen. It says it's, it's about head knowledge. Received is it goes from the head to the heart. And then heard, it means to, to attend to, to spend time with. And then seen, it means to be sure of and to confirm. So like the things that we're reading about Paul doing and, and telling us what to do, we've learned these things, not just with our head, but now they've moved into our heart. You spend enough time with it, it gets there. And then you've heard it, like you get to hear it over and over. You attend to it, you spend time with it, you go back to it. The Holy Spirit will remind you throughout the day when you, fight, when you face all these situations, he'll remind you what to do. You just have to yield to that and be like, yes, you're right. I'm wrong. I humble myself, Lord. Thank you for your help. And I'll find whatever it is I need to find to think about. And then this is my favorite one, to be sure or to confirm is to be seen. Like when you see it happen, like when I saw that phone laying in that yard, man, you can't talk me out of the word of God now at this point about these verses. You will not talk me out of looking at these verses and doing this every time I face something. Because not only have I learned it, I've received it, I heard it, and I've seen it. But you can't see it until you obey it. (laughs) You can't see this happen in your life until you say, okay, Lord, where is it? I'll just start to walk and go find it now. Simple acts of obedience. So we're going to take communion in just a minute. But before we do, I just want to kind of just, we'll put this screen up. And I want you, I want to leave with you with this. When you have prayed, a lot of times we pray and then, and then we get off track. We pray and then we go right back to worrying. We pray and we go right back to the situation that doesn't make any sense and we want to try to fix it in our own strength. Because I had prayed like, I got back home and I'm like, Lord, help. And he's like, well, you need to go to the gym and relax. I'm like, no, I said, I need help. <laughs> right? And the Lord's like, I know, I'm trying to get you to relax. So you can hear my voice clearly. I'll show you exactly where the phone is. But I need you to not worry about it. When you've prayed, Paul tells us, think about, dwell on these things. Whatever is good, true, lovely, good report, excellence, worthy of praise. All those things in verse 8. Second thing says, practice these things. Let them become a habit. Let this thing just become what you do every single day. You come up on situations at work or in your family or whatever that do not line up with his will then find something good to think about that situation. And a lot of times the way I do it is start just to pray for that situation, not for what I want for that situation, but to bless that situation. If it's somebody, especially do that. Be like, Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that your will is for them to know you. And so I just thank you, Lord, that they would know you right now in Jesus' name. And then you think of a good report. Be like, no, Lord, they're gonna come to church with me and they're gonna come down to the altar and get saved in Jesus' name. 
And I'll start thinking thoughts like that. And all of a sudden, I forget what they did to me. I don't even think about it anymore. It doesn't even matter because his will as a believer should be the only thing that matters to me in other, for my life and other people's lives as well. And so when you came in today, you probably got a uh, communion cup with the wafer. Man, time goes by so fast. And, um, and so if you want to get that out right now, but before we take communion, I want to make sure everybody in here is saved. If you need one, the ushers are going to be in the aisles. And if you need uh, a cup, just tell them. But this is the time to, to really focus in and, and just be still and listening for the Lord. And if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to make sure you do that so that when you take communion today, it's real. It's for every believer to be uh, reminded of what Jesus did for us on the cross, to be reminded that he died so that we could have his will here on, on earth as it is in heaven. And so would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every person who's here. And if you're here today, and like I said, you don't know Jesus and you need to make him the Lord of your life, I just want you to do one thing. I just want you to slip your hand up all over this place right now. Just say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. That's me. Anybody? Yep. Thank you, Lord. Yep. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody here, just repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I believe that you died for me. And three days later, you rose again so that I could be saved, so that I could live in your will on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. My life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we go on, I want you guys to know the worship team's out here. We're going to go to worship, and I'm going to pray again over our elements. But if you prayed that prayer for the first time at the end of service, I want to ask you to come down here and let us know. Uh, and, and, and we can give you some direction and some things that, that you're going to need in your life, I promise. But you need to come down here, and, and you've got to let us know that you made that decision so we can help you. But now you get to take communion with us for the first time as a believer. What a beautiful thing. So today, as we take communion, I just want you to think about if there's an area, ask God while we worship. You can take it as you need. You know, you, can, you don't have to wait on us to say, okay, now take it. You take it as you want. But just ask the Lord, is there any area in my life where your will is not being done? Because Jesus died for that. And this is for us to remember what he did on the cross. If there's an area that I'm sick physically, if there's an area where I'm just stressed out, that's not his will. He wants his will to be done in your life. But I think it takes us just asking him, Lord, is there any area in my life where I'm not walking in your will? And this is not to be judgmental or harsh. No, this is just for revelation to eye open. So you can see exactly what he wants you to see. Because what he wants you to see is his will. Because his will for your life is amazing. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for your will. (laughs) And today, as we take communion, Father, I thank you, Lord. We do remember that our, that wafer represents your body that was bruised and beaten for us. And that blood, that juice represents the blood that was shed for us to be completely healed, set free, delivered, made whole. And we thank you, Lord, that we walk in all of those things. 
And Lord, if there's anything in our hearts or anything that, that you see in our lives that, that doesn't line up with heaven, that's not your will, I thank you, Lord, you said we can have that. And so I just thank you for revealing that to us today as we pray and as we worship you. Speak to us, Lord. Show us what your will is for every situation in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.